Hey everybody, I'm Katie McDoyle and this is the Detecting History Podcast. everybody to season two of the detecting history podcast how have you been it's been such a long time it feels like it's been such a long time um, i'm really pleased to be back for series two of the main episodes the interviews with detectorists like you and me to hear their amazing stories and this week we've got a cracking episode we have got adam means from the lost treasures podcast adam is based over in the usa he has an amazing story of his treasure hunting exploits over in Cincinnati. Fascinating episode. You're really going to enjoy it. And if you don't already listen to the podcast Lost Treasures, please do. It's not only about Adam's story and his uh, treasure hunting that he does over there, but also him and his co-host John talk about all of the amazing treasure hunting, treasure finding, all of the new stories that happens internationally. And uh, he, for one, has pointed out on his podcast to me lots of amazing discoveries throughout the world over the last few months. So go and check it out. Before the main episode kicks off, I just want to say a few thank yous. Thank you to all our wonderful Patreon members. We've got quite a few now building up, but I want to give a shout out to recent members. So we've got Cretia, we've got Stuart, we've got Eleanor, we've got Paul, we've got Samuel. We've got Sean, we've got Shelley, and we've got Isla. So thanks to all of you for joining the Patreon, helping to fund the podcast and keep it going, helping us with our running costs. I say our, my running costs. <laughs> um, it's really appreciated. And yeah, if you want to help keep the podcast going, go over to Patreon for as little as £3 a month. You will get exclusive episodes and exclusive extra content. And depending on the tier that you join with, you'll get discount codes, you'll get shout outs, follows, free merch, the works. Go and check it out. You want to go to patreon.com forward slash detecting history podcast. Second quick thank you to our detectress on detectress fellow hosts. So I hope you've been enjoying the reviews. We've been watching the Detectress series, the amazing series written and starred in by Mackenzie Crook that was on the BBC. So we've been reviewing season one, season two. So a big shout out to my fellow co-hosts. We've got Carl the Mental Detector, Ross Detector Ross, Ellie, aka Miss Detectress, and of course the lovely Emma, M Love Old Stuff. Thank you to all of you. And I hope you, the listeners, have been enjoying listening to us reviewing the show, seeing how true it to life it is to detecting and actually seeing all the amazing detail that's gone into that show and the writing. It's unbelievable. If you haven't listened to any of those episodes, you should. We have a right giggle on there. Um, and uh, yeah, I think you enjoy it. And hopefully you are watching along with us. Um, it's been really good. I haven't watched it in many years. And so it's just been great to revisit it. So without further ado, let's go over to me and Adam having a great conversation about his detecting life. 
Welcome everybody to the Detecting History podcast. I'm really excited today. We're kicking off series two with the wonderful Adam Means from the Lost Treasures podcast. Adam, how are you doing? Katie, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so glad to have you on. I was so happy that in the time that I was going through my own journey of starting this podcast, I came across your podcast that you do with John, uh, your Lost yeah. Treasures podcast. And uh, it was just nice because at that time, I was just getting into the hobby, just going mad for the hobby, and I'm mad on podcasts as well. <laughs> um, I like to listen to a podcast before I go to sleep or on my commute to work. Um, no. And I was looking, and there was lots of excellent podcasts, but they'd all kind of ended kind of in 21, 22. There wasn't really too much out there. Um, and then I just love the style of your podcast, your own personal story, and then also everything that you and John discuss when you release your episodes. <laughs> so very excited and very honored that you're here. I'm really happy. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. No problem. And of course, you're based out in the USA and you're out in Cincinnati. Are, are you? Is, do you live near the city or do you just travel into live... the city? Nope. That's a great question. I live in uh, Columbus right now. So I'm about an uh, hour and 45 minutes from Cincinnati, but I'm down there usually yeah, every Friday, except for today, it was a little snowy out. And then last week it was, the weather's been uh, a lot here, honestly, Katie. So uh, we, we just, we're trying to do it virtually, you know, kind of like me and you're doing right now, but it's, uh, you know, yeah. All on our base time schedules. Yes, very much so. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, so for um, the listeners, it's six o'clock my time and it's one o'clock in the afternoon your time, isn't it, Adam? Yeah. So we uh, we managed to fit it in our schedules. I finished work an hour ago. Very excited. It's going to speak to Adam in an hour. <laughs> so, yeah, and then after this, I'll go and treat myself to a little alcoholic beverage to celebrate the fact it's the weekend. <laughs> yep. We got a little Christmas party tonight, so I'm going to that. So. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, That's a bit late, yeah, yeah. one in the bank. I like that, right. as you know. <laughs> I, I British like to party, so I, I, um, yep, I support your activities. <laughs> <laughs> awesome now when you say snow so over here we're having a bit of a cold snapper we're all moaning yeah. about it it's mm -hmm. it's minus four degrees centigrade which okay. is probably nothing to you and when i talk snow it's maybe about a centimeter of snow and it just mm -hmm. sends the traffic chaos trains oh, yeah. can't run all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff oh, i'm yeah. guessing the snow might be a bit more serious where you are it's a little bit. So we got about four inches yesterday. So, but it's not terrible. It's just, you know, you still got to watch what you're doing. And there was some stuff closed today. So mm. I was not going to drive yeah. two hours down to Cincinnati just to record. So we kind of like just pushed it off for a day or two. So. Good call. Good call. Because you never know yeah. when you're going to get stuck, do you? That's oh, yeah, the trouble. I'm not dealing yeah. with that. I'm not dealing with that. It's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no way. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, yeah, let's talk about you and your story then. So, when did you first, one, get into metal detecting and two, just your whole um, enthusiasm for treasure hunting and history? Yeah. So I think the initial start for me metal detecting was in like 2016. Um, I had a little place out in mm -hmm. Iowa, uh, a little house out there with a couple acres, and it had been built in like the 1880s. And so uh, I was just really just poking around with stuff and finding a bunch of like old square nails, old axe heads, stuff like that. And that kind of just got my interest going, Katie, honestly. And it was a very cheap, very low no. grade, very low grade metal detector, but it was uh, extremely fun. And so ah. that kind of got me into it. 
Nice. Yeah. I think there's definitely like two people, types of people, aren't there? There's us, the seeker and mm-hmm. of things and lost items and yep. everything interests us, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And we're just yeah. like, oh, what is it? Even if it's just an old um, soda each can time. or something from the 70s. Yeah. yeah each it's time exciting. I get the same, it's like that same kind of little rush you get from doing it. And it's fun. And That's so I it. go like yeah. in Ohio, I go to different places, but you know, where my story started was in 2016 metal detecting. And then I'd kind of just done it on and off and it was mostly on my property. It wasn't going out any, any place big, but when the pandemic hit, I lost all my clients. I was a personal trainer. So my, my background's in exercise mm-hmm. science and nutrition. And so I enjoy that yeah. part of it. And that's what I did for, I mean, literally over 20 years, Katie. And after that, wow. like, as soon as everything stopped, I had to kind of shift my focus to find something else uh, to do and something else to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I started really getting into these old stories and that's where it kind of really started. And uh, 2020, 2021, when I got really serious about it. Yeah. Wow. So that was just so life-changing for you, let alone the pandem- pandemic going on, but you sort of, your career was then suddenly not there because you lost your clients because of what yep. was happening. And oh, we and always I thought talk I could about... do it forever, Katie. That was one thing I thought yeah, I could do. I bet. You know, I could just keep doing it. You know, I was, I'm only, mm. I'm 44. And so I started yeah. when I was like 22 uh, years old. Wow. Blimey. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, then, of course, we always talk about how metal detecting is really good, not only for your physical health, but your mental health and the connections it brings you, right? Without metal detecting, I wouldn't be speaking to you right now and and getting to know you. So I'm really glad that you sort of fell upon metal detecting and history hunting. That's really cool. And that's kind of what led me more into the history part of it. Sorry to interrupt you, but that what led me more into the more into the history part was after I got into it more. And so then I started like researching the area where I live and all that. And I don't think our stuff over here is near as old as some of your stuff over there. But what I found Mm. down in Cincinnati, I think is, is very, very old. So. Yes. Yes. Mm. Well, people like yourself and other folks are sort of in some ways rewriting history, aren't they? Because they are starting to find the older stuff, especially on the East coast over there and in Canada as well. Obviously there's all the Oak Island stuff that everybody's very familiar with Uh, Yep. We get on the TV here. The next the new season's <laughs> just started. I watched the two two hour special of what is it, season thirteen, something like that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, come mm-hmm. on, guys, you can find Katie, something. Katie, that's that's number three on my bucket list right there, Oak Island. So is it? Oh, oh brilliant! Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. What's number one and number two? Number one's the stuff in Cincinnati. Number two is the 1755 lost French payroll up in Northeast Ohio. So that's my next one. Oh, lovely, lovely. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. before we go on to your number one on your bucket list, (laughs) um, (laughs) what was the most interesting thing you think you found on your own property? What was was your favorite one? Oh, those old axe heads. The old axe heads I found were like the most interesting because they were right around an old tree and they're down about six inches in the ground. So I think they were like early, and this is not too old, but early, no, 1900s, 1920s, yeah. something like that. Um, but other than that, you know, it was a lot, what I found on my property was just more like enticing to get me into metal detecting because yeah. I just kept finding a bunch of random stuff, but all, but all pretty old in my opinion. Yeah. And then that led to me to, you know, a couple of years later, really just getting into, there's these stories and, and you can look at almost every state and this probably goes to where you live too, mm-hmm. is there's stories about stuff that's been found or stuff that's been lost. And so that's what I kind of started diving into. Brilliant. So let's start on that story then. Tell us what brought you to that park in Cincinnati that day where you just tell us the story, how it started and and where we're up to now, I suppose. 
country before I moved from Iowa. So I moved from Iowa to Ohio within like a year. Uh, this is about a year and a half, two years ago. And from that, I started looking in places I'd actually lived and worked out here. I went to college down in Southeast Ohio. And so I was already familiar with the state in itself. And so I just started looking at stories in, um, in Cincinnati. And one of the stories that stuck out to me was the Eden Park story. And it was really more, uh, Katie, it was really more about pirate treasure, right? And so if anybody listened, and I know you probably listened to my first like couple episodes on, on my Lost Treasures podcast, like it was the Goonies story that really got me into it, right? It, it's something that I'd followed. It was just a movie, but I enjoyed it. And I really, really got into that. And then it was like Indiana Jones, all that stuff. So I had mentioned this before, but that was really the start of that story was, okay, I can go down here. I have to get a metal detecting permit. So I did that right away too. And then I can go down here and look. And so that's what I started doing. Amazing. I've got my Goonies t-shirt under here, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Do you? (laughs) I love the Goonies. I love the Goonies. I had that same story. I I don't that. (laughs) Fantastic. And so that story, you know, the the park in itself is like 186 acres. But what I, what I started doing is like kind of breaking it up into sections. Mm -hmm. And then I just started going my metal detector and, and I kind of already had a good idea on where I was going to look. But from there, like, I just kept repeating the same process with different metal detectors. Ah. And so it, you know, it kind of just kept moving itself on process wise. And I had to do three permits on this park uh, to get this excavation phase, which we're going to be at here in a couple months when the weather's nicer, of course. So, yeah, I'm really excited for that starting. I am all up to date on where you are with things. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about equipment. Then you mentioned when you first started detecting, you had like a cheapy one and you'd heard me (laughs) say it on my podcast. We all start, don't we, with the Amazon special or something like that. We've got exactly. all, all the gear exactly now. Right. Exactly right. That's what I did. So I, I had one that was like, it was, you know, it was borderline toyish, but very, very, very yeah. amateur as far as it being a metal detector. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And so I got this at like a hardware Brilliant. store, uh, Katie. And so we, I just went out and started using it, but I started mm-hmm. finding things. And so that just kind of like, yeah. okay, what's the next step? What's my yeah. next step up, right? And so I went with this. Um, when I moved out to Ohio, I got a bounty hunter Ooh. camo. Uh, it's like a land shark. It's it's pretty good. It's all right. It it I got, which I think is a huge part of this is you have to be very familiar with your equipment. Yes. And so I got really familiar with it. Yeah. And I just started going up to beaches and stuff that were up here mm. in the states, you know. And I don't know exactly how it is over there for you, um, but for what we have to do, it's more of you got to make sure that you can actually metal detect in certain areas. And so I started going up to the beaches around here. Ah, brilliant. Yeah. So that's a, a question I want to ask you. It is very different, I feel. So over here, um, you obviously have to ask the loan mm-hmm. landowner for permission to detect on their land. If they grant it, then if you find treasure, you have to study the Treasure Act and work out what is termed as treasure, the gold and the silver, and then it's different for coins and the age of. But they recently brought in changes so that um, something termed as significant could go under the Treasure Act, and then you have to report it to a local finance liaison officer. Mm. You don't need a permit to detect per se, but you do have to follow all of those rules. And then we all have insurance, um, public liability insurance as well, in case you leave a gate open, anything like that. And then on the beaches, you have to check and the 
the Crown Beaches. There's a right. online map you could check to see if it's Crown Beach, and then you can detect within certain areas or between the tide lines on those beaches. You have to be careful though, because some beaches are privately owned. So yeah, it's completely different. I feel for us, but you know, you still have to be very careful. And then you've got yeah. places like Schedule Mon- mm. Monuments or. You know, the national parks, you have to be really careful you're not digging in the wrong place. So mm-hmm. you really do, even though it's, you know, a fun hobby to get going, you do have to, both sides yep. of the pond, really educate yourself, don't you, that you're not going to be breaking any laws or anything like that. Mm. You're, you're exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly right. I love the name of your, that detector, the Bounty Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I like you know, the name. <laughs> it's a, it's not, I went through the instructions, not super, you know, I would say it's intermediate, Katie. It's not a, like a pro. Um, but, yeah. but what I did yeah. down in Cincinnati is I used like four different types of metal detectors all the way from the lowest up to like mm. a, a mine lab Equinox, which I thought was one of the best ones out there. Ooh. And so nice. all of those yeah. at the little location, and I shared some of that, you know, GPR location with you, all those were positive yeah. for uh, metallic objects in that area. And so that's why ah, my next thing was then to go on to the ground penetrating radar and so that's what i did next yes no i love this and i've seen that on a few different shows and all the rest of it and then you've kindly shared that with me so let's go back yeah. then you're in the park you've been obviously you've done your research and you know where you want to hunt and then yeah mm-hmm. you find these spots don't you with your different detectors and you're like okay mm-hmm. this is telling me something what happened next yep. So that was um, the first location and the location that I'd got the most hits from. That's where I kind of decided I, I made up my own little process in this. And mm-hmm. since I thought I already found something, I used a endoscope to actually video down into the ground with that. And yeah. so what I used was like, I dug down a little bit, maybe like four to six inches, but then I used a, like a 12 inch, five eighths inch dowel and actually mm. punch through that ground. And so yes. then what I did was I actually identified things on the way down, and I think mm-hmm. I got down about eight and a half, nine feet, and then that was kind of corroborated by one of the GPR scans that I did. Yeah, so I did see, so you've uh, done a couple of news interviews and things, haven't you? And they've showed a bit yeah. of footage. Mm-hmm. I saw on YouTube as well some of the footage of that when you were going in and taking a look, mm-hmm. and you can definitely see, can't you, blue and red things that shouldn't be there why are they there and some other sort of profiles pieces and it's like yeah there's definitely something interesting down there here's was was the the biggest thing for me katie was um the space i had done i had worked uh, a job out here in ohio where we had to dig like 18 to 30 inch holes like 18 to 25 feet in the ground and Mm. never did we ever encounter a cavity and so i had a little bit of structural engineering background too so i knew that that space should not be there and so that was just kind of what led me to my next thing and then just by doing that you know the, the process it's like been like 19 or yeah it's like 19 months now but at the same time, like the process, I know the process continues, <laughs> but I just keep, I just keep doing the things and I'm, I'm, I guess I'm more like a conduit now. I can share my story in certain pieces and aspects, but really yeah. I don't have a whole lot of say of what's going on. Mm, yeah. Yeah. True. So on the geophys, so this is ground penetrating radar, like you say, and looking mm-hmm. at that report, it was really interesting. I, I only know some mm-hmm. from what I've watched on TV and documentaries. You can clearly see, can't you, on those areas, those different areas where the lines show that the ground has been disturbed at some point and straight down. Yep. So you're like, yep. 
that's not something an animal would have done or anything like that. So it's it's looking positive, isn't it? Yes, very much so. And that was that combined with some of the, some of the other um, geophysical tests I did had given me enough confirmation already. And I, I was really only looking for one cavity. And then the <clears throat> the archaeologist that I worked mm. with, excuse me, the archaeologist that I work with, uh, Gray and Pape out of Cincinnati, uh, they found three cavities. And there's one that was like five and a half feet by mm. 2.9. So exciting. I can feel the excitement here on what's gonna happen on that day. I know. I was I was pretty I was pretty pumped, Katie. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's the other reason like we're we're kinda waiting. We're, one of the reasons we're doing the um the 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 uh the excavation in the spring is just so it's gonna be nicer because we're gonna video it and everything too. So Yeah, lovely. That's really cool. Um so yeah, if you think about it, if I was a pirate back in the day and I'd found a nice little spot to go and bury some stuff that I could go back and retrieve later, and then I happened to come across some more bits and pieces, I'd be like, Oh, I know a nice spot over there. I'll bury something else just nearby so that when I do <laughs> yeah. go and get it back. I can just go to the one place to get it back. So yeah, who knows? You might be um, coming across three sections of buried treasure. That is so cool. I know, and I think it's, I think it's going to be a little bit more elaborate than that, yeah. honestly. But at the same time, <clears throat> I'm starting with two of the locations that were uh, the most, in their words, um, they had the best chance of having archaeological findings. Yeah. And so we're going to start there. But I think. And I'll be, I'll be, I'm just going to be as honest as I can. I, I think it's going to hundred percent expand after that too, but mm. that'll be kind of the last little piece of, of my phase where I had to get all these like little permits and, you know, work with somebody to do it. And then I'm kind of mm. like out of the mix a little bit because it'll go into mm -hmm. different phases of the whole archeological process. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So where are we in the process now for the listeners that don't know? I know you've been working through all the different permits and stuff, haven't you? Are we all yeah. good to go in the spring now? Yeah, so that's really all we're waiting is kind of on a weather break. Um, but we moved everything back from uh, it's March 15th to April 15th, somewhere in that time frame. And so as long as it works for everybody's schedule wow. and, you know, the weather is decent in Cincinnati, then it's going to be good to go. Ah, amazing. We can't wait to hear about it. <laughs> She'll be bugging you. Where's the next episode? Where's the next episode? <laughs> FaceTime me, FaceTime me. I want to yep, see. Yeah, <laughs> Oh, you can get a hold of me anytime. You know, most of the people I start working with, um, especially on a level of like doing mm. podcasts, I'll definitely. And I'm going to have you on sometime too, Katie, because you have a. Heck yeah. You, you find a lot of interesting stuff. I so. do, I do. I've got my finds cabinet there, so I'll show you. But, you know, one step further, once you've discovered all this treasure and you've got nothing better to do you need to hop on a plane and come over and see some of us folks and come digging with us i will definitely i will definitely do that <laughs> i have a bucket list of places i want to go to so that's definitely going to be on that list okay so let's let's go a bit more into your love of history then so we talked about how you got into the hobby and some of your gear um mm -hmm. you've dug here there and everywhere what's your own personal favorite find so far apart from obviously the treasure that's left left yet to come out of the ground right um i think mm. one of the most like well, some of the most unique things i found were like some quarters from like 1948 1952 that were like down 10 to 12 inches in the ground Ooh. and they were nothing special as far as like you know going to the pneumastics area but to me, as far as being able to find and use my equipment the right way, I was like, oh, this is great. So I kept those. I kept a lot of – I don't keep everything, but the things that I, I find have more of like a, 
more of an emotional significance to me than a, an actual monetary significance. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? When you have been a detector for many years, we do find a lot of stuff, don't we? So then we oh, sort yeah. of go down the, the route of what's junk and we can throw it and what do we want to keep. And I keep all right. musket balls, all buttons, all buckles. So I've got nice. lots of jars See, of things that's everywhere. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, loads of that. And then I've got a bucket of lead that I need to take to the scrapyard at some point, which is just, we find so much lead everywhere. Um, and then the other stuff we throw away. How far do you go from your house? How far do you travel? To do my detecting. So yeah. I live um, within a farm. So I've got a really big permission where I live, the farm. I've oh, got nice. maybe 30 <laughs> fields, something like that. Um, and then mm -hmm. my clubs, are probably maximum that I travel ever is about 20 miles anywhere on a dig. Don't really have to go far. The rallies are only probably maybe 100 miles away, so a couple of hours, not far. So, yeah. Nice. But then, obviously, some people are further north, Scotland. You're talking about sort of six hours drive, something like that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, not too nice. bad. <laughs> That's... Um, but I was saying the other day on one of the episodes that um, I was – we have, like, <laughs> when you're on a rally or a group dig at the weekend, they always have a scrap bucket so that when you find, you know, bits of iron, bits of tractor plows, that kind of thing, you can chuck it in the bucket and not carry around, carry it around with you all day. Um, and I was nice. on this stick and it was so wet and windy. I hadn't found anything good, I don't think. Maybe a, a crusty old George the Third coin. Um, <laughs> and I went to the scrap bucket. Okay, so you're laughing because you're like, that's amazing. And I went to chuck in the rubbish and there was all these amazing old buckles in there, like medieval buckles and stuff. And somebody that would obviously found too much of that stuff and maybe someone that found the gold oh, yeah. Celtic data had to emptied that in their trash bucket. But for me, that's not trash, that's treasure. <laughs> no, no, definitely, definitely. I think that stuff's great too. Anything that yeah. I find some old buttons now and then, but you know, when I'm at the beaches, it's a lot of like old fishing hooks, yeah. uh, just random stuff. And then I'll, you know, I'll hit some old recorders and things like that once in a while. And I think that's fun. So yeah. I, don't, I don't really, you know, a lot of it is kind of like you're saying, like just getting out in nature, and, you know, being outside and not being inside all the time. And that's yeah. one of the biggest things that, you know, during the pandemic, we were not allowed to do a whole lot and go a whole lot of places. So I just really started getting into hiking and moving around. And I've always kind of been in, you know, into exercise and fitness my whole life. So, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Um, so have you ever found anything particularly weird on your travels? We've had some weird occurrences or spooky occurrences as people have been exploring places. <laughs> Not, I mean, not anything that would scare me in any way. Um, mm. But like, I found a like six to eight inches under the ground an old Pez dispenser. So the oh. old Pez things, you know, I yeah. thought that was very odd being that deep in the ground. So that could have been more of like an older <laughs> antique. But I ended yeah. up like tr throwing it away too. I was like, this is pretty <laughs> much trash. In, yeah, in sand, like, you know how things get. Sand, stuff can corrode, and so yeah. that plastic was a little bit messed up. And but yeah, I. Honestly, if I, I really enjoy something, I think something's unique. I really don't, you know, care if it's, you know, something I don't want or it's money related. I'll just keep it anyhow. But yeah. that was something that was very, very odd to me to find that deep in the ground. So Yeah. Oh, that's a theme. We all moan about it. You'll be digging two foot down and then you'll pull out a brand new pound coin or something. You'll be like, 
How did that happen? I just don't understand. Katie, <laughs> do you find stuff every time you go out? Do you find things pretty much every time you go out? Yeah. See? So I That's went cool. out with uh, Paddy to text the other day and we had a brilliant day mm -hmm. in his field. And I must have dug about 120 holes and about 100 of them were things like musket balls, buttons, wow. buckles. Yeah, all wow. bits and pieces. So, yeah, keeps me busy. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. What uh, detector do you use? Just so I want to, I just want to know. So I've got a Deus two. I've just upgraded from the XP ORX to the XP Deus two, and it is a magnificent machine. It's really good. You like it? Very much. Yeah. It's a bit more complex, but I'm very quickly learning it. And because you've got customizable tones, I've made the iron sound very, very low, and the good sort of nice. higher end sounds very, very high. So it's really easy. Yeah to uh, nice. learn the tone so yeah i'm really enjoying that but the rx was fabulous as well found all my best first things with that one um but the equinox the 800 or the 700 which one have you got 900 i think it was the 800 this is my archaeologist that i was when we were doing the ground penetrating radar and, and like uh, a part of this right. whole process was me videoing everything too so i took and uh, I, I probably have only put out, Katie, honestly, like maybe 20% of the stuff that I have. I'm kind of just waiting to get to certain ooh. points in this process before I release like more information on everything. But at the same time, it's yeah. I'm still trying to, you know how it is. Like I'm, I'm still trying to tell a story too, but I kind of already know where the conclusion yeah. of that story is going to go. Um, so I'm trying to like yes. you know, give everybody little bits and pieces, but not like release the whole present all at once. Yeah. <laughs> little teasers i like it it's yep. working we all want to know <laughs> thank, you. thank you and it'll be fun it'll get more popular when the excavation stuff goes on but i, I just had to really oh, yeah. you know kind of keep it quiet for a, a couple years just because it was part of the process yes that's a good question so over here we've got uh, we term people that detect illegally night hawks so they might be people mm -hmm. that go out and detect not necessarily at night but they'll go and detect without permission and then yeah i think the term night hawks probably comes from they would go to places like stonehenge or something and it's really dark and hope not to be seen and try and detect around those parts so they're the naughty detectress that we have in the uk mm -hmm. do you have a similar problem over there which is partly the reason why you had to keep it quiet because you didn't want anyone trying to sort of bounce all over what you were trying to do i had a couple people uh ask me that same thing like were you are you worried about somebody going out there and mm. i mean not really katie honestly it, just because um how far i had to get and go through this like if somebody started mm -hmm. right now they're gonna it's gonna take them like 19 to 20 months to catch up to where I, what i did and plus there's some mm -hmm. federal laws in place on public land the, the next mm -hmm. uh, thing that I'm going to go after I found on private land. So that'll be a whole different deal. It'll be kind of like mm -hmm. your permissions thing over there. But what I'm going to end up doing yeah. is um, writing up a prospecting agreement and trying to work that out with a homeowner. So. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So that's exciting too. I don't know how much more you can tell us about those. Your bucket list are number two. What's all that about? Yeah, it's it's another... It's another old story from a northeast part of Ohio. It kind of originates in the Pittsburgh area uh, in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and it really has to do with the, the French and the British armies. And so Ooh. I traced, I kept tracing stories back to like the early 1800s and late 1700s mm -hmm. about the story. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of just started working it as a puzzle. And so that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And then the next part of this will be like, 
I don't know how I'm going to publicly disclose it. So I haven't like, figured that out yet. Um, but I'm mm. getting very close to that because I kind of have a little break in my Cincinnati project. So I might as well start working on something else, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So you got the next big thing lined up. That's really exciting. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I kind of I did all this stuff in a matter of like three to four months of these locations that I found. I just started with the hardest one, and that was the mm. Cincinnati location. It just has mm. all the steps, right? I'm not going on somebody's land. Pretty much what I had to do is like permit, 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 and then work mm-hmm. through that process. And I couldn't define any of the timing on the process at all, Katie. It's really it's yeah. kind of you're. I'm leaving it up to a, a very large city in Ohio to kind of like get back to me in certain times and, and not even to me, it's going through my lawyer all the time. So definitely different, yeah. but, but I think the stuff in the Northeast part of the state will, um, it'll be a lot quicker than this. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I imagine it's been an amazing learning curve for you as well, this process. And then obviously the private one will be hopefully easier for you. But then again, if you come across a similar circumstance, you're going to know the steps and what to expect. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the experience I've gained and I had a little uh, background just working with like public utility or public entities and all that, Mm -hmm. but not to this level where it's kind of like my own project. And so it was, Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely a different um, different process now. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay. So back to your love of history then. Um, what's your favorite history era internationally? And then obviously at home at USA. Uh, internationally, I'm going to say it's got to be like Egyptians around that. Like I, I, that Ooh. kind of always... I know, I know. It, it kind of always like got in, got into me a little bit as far as like looking at the Egyptian culture and all the things they did. The pyramids, also, like that's one of my yeah. another bucket list like place I want to visit too, Katie. Yeah. I, I just think like all of the architecture and how it's you know the mathematics and how it was built is just it's amazing if you look into it. Mm, mind-blowing isn't it when you really get into yeah. the detail of it you think how it's much like stonehenge and we look mm-hmm. at that and just trying to work out how they managed to get so now they know the stones where they came from in in wales how did they manage to get the stones over to where they are how did they get the stones up it's just like wow there's a whole chunk of history we still don't yet understand and we need to discover it so it's very exciting i know so that's kind of what got me into it from there, as I started, you know, doing the little bits of metal detecting and, you know, kind of looking and really finding things that got me more into like my history of where I'm living at the time. So doing research on where I lived in Iowa and then Ohio and all these like little states that I'd lived in um, at certain mm-hmm. pieces of my life. Uh, I, I just, you know, I got drawn back to Ohio somehow. So. Wow amazing now you say little states how little actually is ohio because i think the whole of the uk can fit in the state the state of texas so when you say little <laughs> no, that's good that's good perspective right there Katie. nice um so as far as people there's like 11 point like three or 11.4 million people throughout the state um square miles i'd have mm-hmm. to look that up for you katie so that would be i'm not sure but it's it's quite a yeah. it's there's some space between we're not like you know i live in the city right now but it's it's there's some space here mm, i'd like that i'd like that space although i do live in the sticks as we call it here i am out in the country yeah. a bit but i'm only about 45 minutes by train from london so nice. not that far in sticks awesome. i think london in itself has a population of like nine million people um, okay. And then the country as a whole, something like 60, 
65 something like that million okay. so yeah we're nice. uh, we're small oh. but large <laughs> how many hours no, would it drive to take from one side of the state to the other how many, yeah how many hours to so drive across? if you go it'd be four about four hours yeah okay so it's, it's pretty good. yeah <laughs> i live pretty much katie i live pretty much like in the center of ohio so pretty much any oh, side cool. of the state's going to be about two hours so it's ah, not terrible. very good. Not too far yeah. from anywhere. That's mm-hmm. good. Well positioned. It's a little like it's a little hilly down in Cincinnati area. Like the stuff that I found on the hillside is elevated about seven hundred like eighty feet above sea level, and you can see mm. like there's just a beautiful view. Yeah, there's some. I have some stuff posted on my Instagram and all that. And we can talk about all that fun stuff later. But I have some views of yeah. that area, and it see everything up and down the Ohio River so oh lovely really nice yeah I always think it just looks like it well I know it's a beautiful country I've been to I've been to New York and then I flew to LA and just in the flying across to LA and look, looking out the window it's a country of everything isn't it you really got it all oh, yeah. Right there. <laughs> yeah yeah and Ohio is like part of it's really flat and part of it's like fill you know you got forested area you got hills so it's a little mm. bit everything Beautiful, beautiful. Okay, so um, how are you on your British history? Do you have any um, knowledge of British history, and, and do you not have a favourite queen? Super good, Katie. I'm not going to. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm we'll not super good, good on time. it. No, no. You're going to edu- Yeah, you're going to have to educate me a little bit on British yeah, history. Absolutely. <laughs> well, when you come over, we'll give you a crash course. <laughs> No, but I suppose my my favorite um, my favorite silver hammered coins I found I found two uh, Elizabeth the first, and she reigned for so long, and she's got such a fantastic history herself, and she was in you know the Queen with the Spanish Armada and all that kind of stuff, so she's definitely one of my favorites, and I've Mm -hmm. got that link to finding those two coins. Everybody has a fascination with Henry VIII and how he dealt with all of his wives all of that kind of stuff but yeah we're so lucky Mm -hmm. with our history Mm -hmm. i found roman so again you've got the different romans that came over here so i found a domitian coin so that's That's around 86 ad and i don't know about you but whenever i pick up something like that you're the first person to hold it in a couple of thousand years and i always think who dropped it what were they doing you know, how, know what did that mean to them to lose that was that their wages for the week what was it you know so it's always very special yeah. and exciting yeah. that's amazing see I, I always tell people i'm like you guys find so many interesting things more mm, frequently we're very lucky than we yeah. do yeah, you mm-hmm. need to put your trip over because you need awesome. to get you to the British Museum and think, and I'll <laughs> see the Rosetta Stone and all that. Hey, stuff. Katie, as soon as this, uh, as soon as this Cincinnati deal is done, trust me, I'm going to be going some different places. Yeah. But man, I, I can't. I've I've been semi told not to really look for things until this is kind of over, so I haven't really looked for yeah. a while. But when I did that summer, that I kind of I kind of figured this mm-hmm. all out. I looked, I found a bunch of stuff. So that was part of it, you know, and I'm, I'm patient. That's one of my like life lessons I'm supposed to learn. Right. Is like, just be patient. And so that's what I'm trying to do. You need to teach me that because I want it all and I want it all now. (laughs) (laughs) 
gosh. That's awesome. Okay, so what else can we ask you today? So you were talking about bucket listers earlier. So obviously you see all the great things we find. What are on your personal bucket listers? Like if you were just out detecting in England with me, what would you love to find? Um, I would love to find anything probably from the era of 1700s to 1800s gold. Uh, The Roman stuff that you find completely intrigues me all the time. Like that was... I would, I would love to find something from that Roman mm, era too. Yeah. Yes, that would be fantastic. We do have um, a few famous aquachigger. He's like a famous American detectorist that comes over. There's a few that come mm-hmm. over as part of Team Garrett as well. Um, they go out with big oh, nice. people like that and they come to the big rallies. Yeah, and they, they always find something. So I think you'll you'll be fine when you do oh, come yeah. over. You can start ticking off some bucket list. Yeah, I would love to plan. Yeah. Yeah, I would love to plan that out too. That'd be fun, like just to do a big group thing too, and bring some of my friends yeah. out too. Some of them like like to get into the woods and do all that fun stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that'd be great. So I'm definitely trying to travel here this summer too. So that's going to be part of my plan. Yeah, cool. We all look forward to it. Okay, so a uh, really important question that listeners like me to ask these days is: when you're going out and about, what kind of music do you like to listen to as you travel? Good question. Um, I've been a hard rock alternative, a little bit of rap here and there, but, um, anything to kind of, uh, elevate my energy a little yes. bit. And so anything upbeat, I don't listen to like a lot of slow tempo music, but mostly stuff that are, you know, going to kind of get your blood moving a little bit. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, sometimes I'll take headphones and I'll listen to music while I'm detecting. Oh. I'm just using my little led screen on my detector. Yeah. Very good. Um, but I, I, I do, I do like to keep keep my wired headphones in while I'm detecting too, because yeah, I'm getting pretty good at it tone wise, and you know, just you, you just got to use a little bit of experience and going out and doing that and using your equipment, and then it becomes easier and easier. Yeah, sure. Yes, it does, and I do find even if I'm in the middle of nowhere. I feel like I'm disturbing nature by not having my headphones in with all the beeping and everything. So I do always, I always keep my headphones in, even right. if there's no one for two miles. It's really, really weird. <laughs> okay. Do people uh, stop and talk to you, Katie, when you're detecting? Once in a while, if I'm close to a footpath, and they always say, it's like the the British, we always laugh because we always talk about the weather. But then I also, it's always really funny when anyone comes yeah. along and they go, you found anything yet? And I go, Oh, not really. And they're like, oh, you're, you're, you're just my ring poles. And I'm like, yeah, probably just ring poles. Red Bull can, yeah, Red Bull can. <laughs> so this goes on like that. Red Bull can, yeah. I've found a couple of those too. God, everywhere. Yeah, when I'm out on the beach and it's nice, people are always stopping and wanting to talk mm-hmm. to me. And so it's fine. I enjoy it, you know. It's part, part of, of it. it. We're picking up rubbish, aren't we? Helping the climate at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Oh, I do that every every time I'm out and trying to pick up trash. <laughs> so tell me about your podcast then and John as well, because John helps you out with the podcast, doesn't mm-hmm. he? He's your co-host. Yeah. Yes, he is my co-host. Yeah, you're not only telling your own story, but you also tell a lot of different interesting tales about what's been going on in the world, what's been found. Um, there was that really amazing find recently, wasn't it? It was the, was it Colombian? shipwreck yeah that was just yeah that Colombian shipwreck unbelievable I know Katie I think there's more like that out there I don't know if on that scale like that level of monetary value but there is other shipwrecks out there there's 
stuff that's, you mm. know, I think every year they're going to keep finding things, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, my podcast was part of, it was based off of necessity. And so um, we wanted to be able to document my story so that, mm-hmm. you know, when, when this all eventually comes out, you know, it'll kind of fall in line with what I've talked about the whole time. And this was, um, John is actually my media and entertainment lawyer as well. And so he does all my podcast contracts. Like he handles anything uh, from when I do an interview to all the way on up when, when I'm on TV. And so I, t- I kind of like just rely on him and, and he ended up having a humanities background. And I just figured out kind of through trial and error that I'm not a very good storyteller, but if you can sit and ask me questions, um, I can really tell you, you know, what happened. Yeah. Um, and so it was one of those things where I had actually started out like last October, like really trying to do it by myself. And I just found out that I wasn't very good at it. And so yeah. I just had him come on and we kind of just started talking back and forth and it ended up working itself out. And, and I like his background. Plus he knows how things are supposed to sound and, and he just has mm-hmm. a great ear for it too. He does that sound engineering stuff on the side. Um, mm. when he's not do, doing his fun lawyer activities. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's something that we kind of just enjoy doing. We pick a couple different stories and then we start doing a little bit of research. And, uh, I like talking about the big stuff that's found all over the place. I think it's kind of neat. And then, you know, mm-hmm. we'll give updates and do all that. And, you know, I'd love to have you on sometime too, Katie, if you want to come on. So. Oh yeah. It'd be a pleasure. And you know, I love your podcast for exactly that. you you signpost me to some of these news articles that I might not have picked up or seen because I just haven't looked and I've been mm-hmm. busy. So yeah, I listen with fascination mm-hmm. and then you send me down the, the research route to go and find out more information about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fun. And, and, you know, we don't hear about it all at once. Sometimes it takes a couple of weeks or months and, you know, I just think it's part of the intrigue of finding stuff and just the potential that are there are things out there. And that's kind of what mm. I'm going to try to prove with my my story as well, because I have a really good handle on what I found. And so being able to put that into the history timeline will be fun. Yeah, that's your unique selling point, isn't it? You've got your own story, but then you also tell us about everything else as well. Sometimes it is just someone telling their own story on a documentary, but you're in both worlds. That's really helpful. And I do love the yeah. combination of you and John is on your podcast as well. You have a bit of a, bit of a laugh, <laughs> don't you? It's good. I like it. Right. I'm kind of goofy. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of goofy. So like, I'm going to be myself, whether it's I'm talking to you or I'm you know on TV or something. So I, I, I try to be very authentic yeah. and I try to be very honest. And I think that, you know, part of it will be, I think people will be a, a, intrigued by that a little bit. Um, but I, I think the stuff in the ground that I found will tell a, a different story of what we think. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I kind of just let that story kind of go out there until it's pulling out of the ground. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just can't oh. wait. I just can't wait. So anything else you would like to promote then? So on Instagram, you're at Lost Treasures USA, aren't you? Um, and then that is yep. the same. The title of your podcast is Lost Treasures Podcast. And you're on Spotify and yep. other bits and pieces, yep. aren't you? Um, what else mm-hmm. would you like to promote with us today? Apart from 
course watch this space and continue to follow your story <laughs> thank you katie i appreciate that <laughs> um the other uh i just started my i think i started my tiktok about two to three months ago so it's the same as my instagram handle so lost treasures usa brilliant um, i've been posting a little bit more frequently on there but some of the videos that i have from underground are on there yeah and uh yeah i can't wait to show more of you know the, some of the stuff i found too uh, but I, yeah, like I'm, you know, like I told you in the very, very beginning today, I'm, I'm trying to tell a story. So I just want to keep, you know, laying these little breadcrumbs out there. And I finally just put some of my um, GPR information that I had done last May out on my Facebook page. Yeah. And so that was just kind of, you know, showing stuff. And, but I don't do it right when it happens because most of the time I'm not allowed to do that. So. Mm, yeah. You have to wait for the say so. No, it's good and it works. Exactly. You're keeping right. us all interested. That's exactly. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Brilliant. Well, before we wrap up, have you got anything you wanted to ask me? Um, what is your, uh, what do you do during the winter out there as far as detecting? Do you do more research or what is your kind of process you go through, Katie? We, we keep detecting. Yeah. Come rain or, or snow or, or, or sunshine, which is rare. <laughs> but no, we keep detecting. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> no, it's not, not too bad, actually. So at the moment, like I said, it's really cold, um, but blue sky is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's still getting out there. The ground might be a bit hard this weekend, might be a bit frozen. Mm -hmm. And then before that, we had a couple of weeks of really bad rain, and it did get to the point where I couldn't go out because the ground was too waterlogged. And it's, even if it wasn't on the surface, as soon as you dug a hole, it filled with water. Yeah. But generally, yeah, just keep going. And it's all about a lot of the land with me. There's a couple of pasture fields. Most of it's arable. So it's about working with, in tune with the farmer as to what crop is growing, when it's harvested, when it's plowed. And yeah, just work around. But even then, as we're very lucky, if there is, you know, a field of wheat, I can still walk around the perimeter, which they would have done back in the day, whatever day we're speaking about, mm -hmm. whichever period of time in history. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, most of the hammered coins I've found, I've found around the edge of the field rather than in the middle of the field. So yeah, very lucky. Awesome. Um, and then in the summer, we get really hot in the summer now. And I've, you've probably heard, but we don't do air conditioning or anything of that kind of thing over here because we're not used to the hot weather. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's been 40 degrees. So again, very dry, hard land. So um, at those times which is probably a couple of weeks during the summer, you can't detect, but it soon changes. So we're very, very lucky. Yep. Not really much of an off season. Yeah, I'm waiting for the spring now. Yeah. Like I kind of stop in like November a little bit. Um, and then I'll just wait till yeah. we get this nice, like it'll thaw out real quick when everything starts to warm up. But, you know, mm -hmm. like right, my birthday's coming up in March. So March, we're just gonna, you know, just gonna go out to the beach again and start all over and look for some more stuff. So lovely good yes yes when we're not detecting i can't speak for everybody but i am cleaning my finds uh you know some stuff you leave to dry out for a bit and then clean it a bit more arranging the finds mm. cabinet which i'll show you in a minute <laughs> and yeah, researching there, like you say or catching up on youtube and podcasts so it's it's yeah. a hobby that keeps you busy isn't it Oh, definitely. And that's kind of what I do during the, you know, off times of the year is I'm kind of more research related. So I'll start looking and start pulling as many. I just start with stories too, Katie, which is fun. So I get the old, as many of those stories together as I can find and, you know, kind of just use it as a big puzzle 
But then, you know, when mm. it's nice, then it's out into the field and starting to look for stuff. So I've got a couple more yeah. things I want to look for in Ohio, but, um, you know, the stuff in Cincinnati and then the stuff in Northeast is going to be good for a little bit. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to keep you going. I think you've inspired mm -hmm. me, actually. I need to research my local area and see if I can find out about any bandits or anything or where they might have been or what they might have uh, buried. <laughs> I, it gives you just a little, and even though you still have to like weed through the story, right, and try to check mm -hmm. as, you know, as much credibility as you can, it kind of gives you at least an area to start. And so that's kind of what yeah. I started doing is you know, looking for stuff where I would grew up in Iowa and where I was in Ohio and just taking those stories mm. and anywhere you can find them and then kind of going yeah. from there. Absolutely. Well, you've inspired me. I know you will have inspired the listeners. So everybody, please <laughs> go and check out Adam's yeah. podcast with John uh, at Lost Treasures USA on Instagram and Lost Treasures podcast on Spotify and all other podcast platforms that you can find them and adam i'm excited can't wait to hear that what happens next i'm brilliant Thank to meet you, you. I appreciate it yes it was great All being right. on here thanks again <laughs> all right you take care bye